I did manage to call her a fucking bitch later and <laughs> wait, can you can you say that? Like is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Kyle Kalou. For James Lawrence. We are talking about actually i wanted to introduce a topic and i have a question for you okay. uh, i want to know if leaders are born or made and of course you know i came with research prepped on this <laughs> but there's a specific reason why i'm asking this because i sort of feel like leaders should go to the leadership factory and get okay. fixed and i'll tell you why i you know how sometimes you're just driving along in your day and you get these memories that come up? So I had some memories come up when I was working at a previous job. I won't say where this is or who the person is because they've made tremendous improvement. I'm sure they'll know. <laughs> but they'll know. Um, okay. So I remember... Uh, just working in this company where I, I would just call it amateur leadership hour. Like it was just like, you know, like I, I see more of this and this is totally discriminating. Like I'm going to rag on retail store managers and it's not their fault. I think it's just, you know, I think le retail store managers, at least when I was in retail, which granted was 23 years ago, they, <laughs> they, um, you know, their high, you know, their highest level of leadership training, you know, was literally just what they were promoted into. There was no training per se on leadership. Okay. And so you got a lot of like this kind of micro, you know, I'm going to write somebody up for folding a shirt wrong. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to write somebody up for not merchandising correctly. And, you know, that kind of stuff so that you can eventually fire them for stupid crap. Right. So, so this corporate organization that I worked for, and that's what you meant by amateur is just because yeah. they didn't come across as polished mm -hmm. or the petty, what we would say punitive things. That's they focus it. On. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I moved into the corporate world, I found in, in one of my, not my first, but my second professional job corporate, it was a lot of the same style of management. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was one of those organizations that has a lot of office staff, which is where mm -hmm. I was, but they also have a lot of frontline staff. And so the frontline staff eventually get promoted into leadership. And so, you know, you had people in, you know, in leadership positions that literally had like a one or two day you know, leadership 101 course, but, you know, and maybe knew some HR rules, but really did not know how to lead. And quite frankly, probably didn't really know how to manage people either. And so, and so I was, I was thinking about this leadership factory <laughs> concept and whether or not, you know, cause in a factory leaders, you know, or sorry, in a factory, you use raw materials mm -hmm. 
and you turn them into something else, potentially like that can happen. And so I'm wondering like how much of leadership is born. So I have some research on this, but my specific story that I wanted to share is comes from a situation with one of these leaders where one of my coworkers had come back from vacation and she was a little bit hard of hearing, right? So she had a hard time hearing and the manager uh, came into our pod, stood behind her desk so she couldn't see her. And she said, oh, I'm going to use a fake name. Uh, oh, Jennifer, um, how was your vacation? But she said it really quietly. Like it was that early morning. Everyone was right. talking quiet. You know, right. it, was, it was one of those offices where it's just like people really enjoyed coming in at like seven in the morning to kind of start their work day, right? Like it was, mm -hmm. so it was like quiet and kind of whispery and and so, of course, this coworker who couldn't see her um, also couldn't hear her when she was talking so quietly. And so she, the manager raised her voice just a tiny little bit, just a little bit and said, oh, Jennifer, I wanted to know how was your vacation? I thought you'd be more tanned. And of course, this coworker didn't hear it. So the manager looks at her and to get a laugh from everybody else in the pod, I don't know if it was to get a laugh or whatever. Yeah. She, she said, okay, great conversation, Jennifer. And she walked away. Ooh. I know, like total HR because yeah. Jennifer didn't hear her say anything. And that actually in that moment, I lost respect for her. I never treated that manager the same again. Mm -hmm. I did manage to call her a fucking bitch later in... <laughs> Wait, can you can you say that? Like I don't Shane, know I'm 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 sure Shane will tell us if we can or can't, but yeah, um, okay. Let's. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this podcast. Maybe Shane could bleep it out. Uh you know, yeah. I, I think so, I so think I'm thinking to myself, like like obviously, like like there was something else going on for that leader that she got to that place. There was a lack of maturity and understanding. I knew who her leaders were. I think they were strong managers, like they could get stuff done, but they were not good leaders. And so, you know, I like I'm I'm curious, Kyle. I want to I kind of want to hear, you know, com some commentary from you on this. Mm. And then well, I want to share some research that I found that actually I thought was a little bit astounding. Interesting. Um, I don't know what that is, but I, I'm, I'm actually curious to learn about the research as well. But I can tell you this, as you know, I've, I've been doing this leadership gig thing for, for a long time, work with some uh, plethora of different style of leaders out there. And so I do see uh, different levels, especially when we're talking about those people who want to become leaders. And we're talking about those people who are frontline leaders. And then we have middle management leaders. And then we have the executive C-suite leaders, right? And so I believe there is a combination for some, there's a combination of, like you were saying, they have that raw material, right? So these are some things that they just do without thinking, because I'm thinking about even my own experience. Um, and there's some people who can learn this stuff. I really believe they can be made, because sometimes the situation- That leaders say, can be made. They can be made. Absolutely. Well, why not? Like if, if we're talking, because understanding some of the fundamentals of leadership, those are things that I've been able to successfully teach other people. So I I do believe it can be made. Now, here's what's interesting, though. Understanding the concept of leadership can let you know, because I've seen this as well, where they're like, okay, if a leadership is responsible for that, I'm not interested. 
And that's good. You'd rather that than maybe in your situation or that story that this person maybe thought they could do it. No one else was kind of holding them accountable to it. And therefore they just do that. Cause you and I both know we've worked with some people were, and I don't know if we're swearing, but there were shitty bosses. Like there were yeah. shitty leaders. And then of course, here's the thing that the frontline always struggled with. How do they get that position? How are they still in that role, right? Like, how was this person, this leader, how long did she last in this role? Like, was she there for a while? Did anyone hold her accountable or what? Yeah, so I know just a little bit, but I think actually, so in my understanding, that was her first leadership position. Okay. Um, but but my understanding is that she has stayed a leader, not just in that organization. I think she has stayed a leader in most of her career. Um, and I'm sure she learned a lot. Like, you know, like, I think we forget that the leader comes with their own bullshit, too. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing I would say, though, and we, we again, without, you know, talking about the history of that company, but what we find, because those businesses, too, is that if you're not in a position in your company to afford that skilled leader, you're going to go with in-house. You're going to promote from within. Not saying it's always a bad thing, but they're, see, when you're talking about those amateur leaders is because they're there. We make the assumption that they've been here long enough. They should know better. So therefore they could lead. And that's not always the case. But once you get a little bit more senior in organizations, you will find that they've recognized, hold on, we need to spend some money on the development or attracting, hence headhunters, see, right? That's my issue though, because I, I have spent time in organizations where they spend money and time on development, but they're not held accountable to that development. So let me give you an example. Okay. They, how many, and you would know this, you know, certainly Kyle, how many times do they bring in a leadership coach like you to make a change or they have online leadership training or face-to-face -face two, three-day yep. course or some kind of, even maybe it's a strong mentorship program, but there's no accountability to what I would call the behavioral skills of leadership. So what right. they hold people accountable to, and certainly this wouldn't be all organizations. I'm speaking from my own experience and bias, mm -hmm. but, but what they hold people accountable to Kyle is, is the numbers, the stats, the projects, the getting things done, the generating revenue. And certainly you must do that because without those things, you don't have a business. And if you don't have a business, people don't have jobs. So I'm not saying ignore that, but we know effective leadership breeds productivity and healthy corporate culture. But I have never seen an organization in my experience truly ongoingly hold right. leadership accountable mm -hmm. for their leadership behavioral skills, their leadership training, their, like, what are you doing to hold people accountable to it? And 100%. That, and that, to me, that's yep. the biggest breakdown in the yep. group that needs the most work. Mm -hmm. You know, it always starts at the top and trickles down, but the group that needs the most work is that middle management group, because they're yep. the ones that are usually not always newest right. to the positions. And oftentimes that's where they stop their growth. And, uh, you know, we hear this phrase, you get promoted to your greatest level of incompetence. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're definitely right. And I think on that list of leadership responsibility is to show there's a cohesive team, right? And I find that follow-up is not there because if you think about it, those senior leaders are more visionary. The middle management frontline leaders are the ones who are going to take said vision and, and put those action plan, right? They're responsible to do the action. But because of that disconnect of accountability, they don't know if it's working or not unless it goes completely off the rails, 
right? Because they don't have that frontline piece or the frontline themselves don't have visibility to that. So I agree with you. And it's only a matter of time you will see that culture eroding, right? Mm -hmm. But again, coming back to what you were saying around, are they made, right? Is, is There's almost like there's a factory for workers, but there should, should there be a factory for leaders? Absolutely. I think it's a combination of both because even at the senior level, they too need to have some discipline of accountability as well. But here's the thing. You can't have accountability, in my opinion, without having commitments. So the question is, are people getting commitments from these said leaders? Because that could also trickle down. I think that's really important. I know both you and I have worked in organizations where we have been overpromised to and underdelivered. And I think when you get commitments, and certainly like you and I both very early in our careers picked up the tactic of write down what the leader's saying and email it back to them as your record, right? Saying, hey, this is, you know, just high level. Here's what I understand we have discussed, right? And so that's your, you know, whether they reply or not is irrelevant, right? It's yeah. get it in their inbox so that, you know, CYA, we say, right? Cover your... <laughs> So now, I'm interesting. What is the research? Yeah. Saying? So um, actually the research would support this thing about this, that what you're saying, that it is a bit of both. There are some natural okay. talents and skills with leaders and, uh, but, but leaders are also made. So here's, this comes from um, Cambridge university. Okay? okay. So the article is called nature versus nurture are leaders born or made a behavioral uh, sorry a behavior genetic investigation of leadership style so this actually gets into the genetics of leadership okay. uh, traits so so I, I will let people read the article themselves but here's some things that i highlighted individual differences in personality traits have been found to be moderately to highly heritable so you can inherit leadership traits. And so it follows that if there are reliable personality trait differences between leaders and non-leaders, then there may be a heritable component to these individual differences. Okay. Thank you, mom. Thank you, grandma. Okay. Right. Yeah, totally. So yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say. That's another podcast. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's a, I'm going to a dark place with that right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, that's what you're thanking them for. Okay. So the, uh, the, the present study proposes to address the lack of research in this area by examining the heritable heritability of leadership style as measured by self-reported psychometric inventory. So anytime we hear self-reported, there's always, um, it's always questionable, but anything in social research is questionable. Repeatability is an issue, right? All of these things, but we have to use what we have, right? Mm -hmm. And social research, uh, the data from social research changes all the time as human beings change. So they actually used 247 adult twin pairs. Oh. Mm -hmm. So... Here's what they said. Results indicated that most of the leadership dimensions examined in this study are heritable as are two higher level factors. And it suggested that 48% of the variance in something called transactional leadership mm -hmm, mm -hmm. may be explained by additive hereditary heritability. I don't know what that means. So we need a geneticist to explain what additive heritability <laughs> Ability is, mm -hmm. and 59% of the variance in transformational leadership may be explained by non-additive or dominance heritability. 
So, so I think what they're saying is that, yes, there are some traits that are heritable, but, you know, from my work with Dr. Breen and the health program and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, a gene doesn't always express what expresses right. the gene is our environment, right? right? So it's like, you might have the gene for Alzheimer's or cancer, but that mm-hmm. gene may never express, right? Mm-hmm. And and so it's kind of like, and it's based off many factors in your environment, stress, psychological, environmental, nutrition, all of these things play a role in your environment. And certainly what we believe is that the healthier the environment, the healthier genes get expressed. So so what this is, and also because it's 48 and 59%, what this is saying is that there, you know, I think what I'm understanding here is that there is a likelihood too that these, you know, that there that leaders can also be or leadership qualities can also be made, but they may not be natural or raw talents. Like like somebody who has a natural proclivity and probably some genetic coding that allows them to play the piano or sing better than somebody else. Um, that doesn't mean that other people can't learn it, but they might have to work harder at it or do it differently. Exactly. So, and you said, and you said something there, Christopher. It sort of cut you off there, but you said something. I just want to jump in on it. Is the, exactly what you just said about the environment, right? And the environment, you know, the uh, food, the interaction, all those things. That is also relevant for leaders, right? Because that plays a role in what we call culture. Because if those things are impacted differently as well, that is going to also influence that said leader, regardless if they got the gene or not got the gene, so to speak, right? Yep. So Kyle, why don't you tell me and our audience, I want to know the three most powerful strategies, uh, you know, like three most inspired actions that a leader Mm -hmm. could take today to, you know, to kind of inspire or, or to become a stronger, better, whatever leader. leader. I, maybe you need to put the words around that. Yeah. I think when I, the, I, I would like to use the word competent leader, right? Cause it's really about competency, right? Cause you, you'll have leaders where like, Oh, he's a really nice guy, but you know, Oh, she really means well, but you know, and at the end of the day as leaderships, no different than in uh, operations and business, it has to produce, it has to get you to where you need to go as outlined by the goals or the vision or the, um, uh, you know, standards of the organization. But let's talk about competency and leadership for you to be an effective leader, to be highly competent. The first thing I would say is, do you know what your team wants? Do you know what, and when I say team, I'm talking about every individual. So if your team is eight or nine or 10, do you know what everything, anything that they need? What are the things that you feel your team need? Does one need more conversation? Does one need more training? Does one need more understand? Does one need more engagement? Whatever those things are, can you say, if I said, leader A, what does Susie Bell need? What does Jeff Blow needs? What does, right? You need to know that. And so that leads into the second part is make time for your people. Right. I know sometimes leaders are really distracted operationally because that matters. Right. Leadership does matter operationally to get things done. But remember, you can't do it alone. You actually need said team to do those things. That's why you don't have the front line report directly to the CEO. And trust me, I know companies who tried that. And there is requirement for different levels, different tiers. So all I'm saying is make time a big chunk. Did you know, fun fact, a big chunk of a leader's time, even some, again, don't quote me on this, some research, some things out there that says 80% of a leadership time should be taken up leading their people. 
right? So, and if it's not, then you have to ask yourself that question. Why isn't it? So that is the, the second part of it. Uh, and so don't skip out on those meetings, make them, you know, behavioral. You already know every Wednesday I meet my team between this time to this time, everyone gets a chance to meet with me, right? You're not mean them all in one week. You can People have get one resentful when you cancel their meetings. I had one leader, I Absolutely. needed some tremendous guidance from her. And um, uh, I think maybe she showed up to like her admin would accept the meetings, right? right? Like, like the meetings were accepted, but she maybe showed up to, I don't know if I was lucky, you know, two, two, maybe one or two out of every 10 or 15 meetings. Yeah, that's unfortunate because leaders, sometimes we mm -hmm. take it for granted. We take advantage of it. It's even in personal relationships, right? You know, my signal offer, I could, I could reschedule on her. You know, I could reschedule on him. I could re like, and we constantly do that. Oh yeah, this is more important. When you do that, as much as you just said, this is more important, that's what your frontline employees feel. You find something else more important than you actually meeting with me, which leads to the third thing I would suggest, which is feedback. Here's the thing that I've learned many moons ago. As a leader, you do not have the luxury of not giving feedback. People on the front line say, well, that's not my job. That's someone else's job. And, da, 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 da. and they can say whatever they want to say. But as a leader, you can't do that. I can tell you how many times I've been in, you know, development meetings. I've been, you know, meeting with my, my counterparts in different uh, or departments. And every time I hear them gripe about someone, I mean, like, I remember one person, she was going off and she was like, I know, but she does this, she does this. And I'm sorry, I hate to name the voice there, but, you know, she was going off about this person doing that. And one thing I said to that leaders, I said, so when you spoke to her, her, what did she say? And she's like, what? I said, so when you gave her that feedback, what did she say? Right. And asked, did you give that feedback? No, I just said, when you, because it's, it's understood that you should have given that feedback. Right. She says, well, no, I said, well, see, that's a problem. Cause why did all of us need to hear about it? And she, the employee who's doing this behavior that you do not want know about it. Right. And it's not always giving feedback that is good, bad or different or, you know, in the sense of positive or negative feedback is feedback. It's important for them to know when they're doing a good job. It's important for them to know when they have behaviors need to change. It's important to know that this is what's expected of them. Right. Oftentimes when I'm working with a team and I say, OK, so tell me some of the feedback you got from your leader. How are you doing? Are you good, bad, different? And you know what they always say to me? Oh, I don't know. I think it's good. No news is good news. Oh, that I cringe. And trust me, that's another podcast because mm -hmm. they can't know that they are doing well if they don't hear feedback. Yeah, so I had a leader that part. was just like that. She, she said, uh, if, if, if you don't hear from me, you know, you're doing a good job. And so then, then what? Like, so I should fear every time my phone rings and I see your name on it, every time I see you coming down the hall to my desk, I should be afraid of you because it's not good news. That's right. What, what a... What a stupid thing to say. Like, what a, if you don't hear from me, you're doing a good job. You know what that is? You know what that is? It's an excuse. It's an excuse so that I, as a leader, if I say that, I can get out of doing the leadership aspects of my job that are, that sometimes are a little bit naggy and nitpicky right. in, yeah. in getting the projects done and getting the numbers rolled out and getting, you know, like all of those things that, you know, shareholders and executives want to see, I mean, it's all the numbers, right? But it comes at such a great cost when you say something like that. It's like, you, you know, you're doing a good job if you don't hear from me. And it's like, what a shitty leadership model. Like what, what a terrible style that is. It's like, 
It's like, what? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe folks have something contrary to that. Yeah. So Kyle, I, in our next podcast, we're actually going to talk about uh, what it means to check it at the door, which is going to be all about the employee. And we're going to talk about three powerful inspired actions that folks on that podcast can take um, for their, uh, you know, towards their leadership. Brilliant. Because they can them. play a role. They can play a role. It's not just the leader. Because to be honest, the biggest part of accountability should actually come from the front line. I totally agree with that. And I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, okay. So Kyle, I, this is the question uh, to our audience. If they had to take one imperfect inspired action on this topic in the next 24 hours, what are you going to do? That's our question for you, the listeners. What are you going to do? Just one thing. One imperfect inspired action as it relates to leadership. And remember, leadership isn't just by title. It's by how you show up. You could be the newest, lowest person in an organization and show more leadership than anybody else in that organization. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? We'll see you next week, folks. It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. They all mean different things depending on who it's coming from. Okay. Your to anything is a criticism, period. Mm. And anything that you are too much of is also an asset.